Well, I wonder if we could turn in our Bibles to the Psalm 65 for a scripture reading. And we're going to read um, from the verse 9 of the 65th Psalm. Psalm uh, 65 and reading from the verse 9. Thou visitest the earth and waterest it, thou greatly enrichest it with the river of God, which is full of water. Thou preparest them corn when thou hast so provided for it. Thou waterest the ridges thereof abundantly. Thou settlest the furrows thereof. Thou makest it soft with showers. Thou blessest the springing thereof. Thou crownest the year with thy goodness, and thy paths drop fatness. They drop upon the pastures of the wilderness, and the little hills rejoice on every side. The pastures are clothed with flocks. The valleys also are covered over with corn. They shout for joy. They also sing. Amen. We know the Lord will add his blessing to the reading of his precious word to our hearts afresh. Let's just unite together at the throne of grace and prayer. Our loving God and our gracious Father, we thank Thee as we come to the final moments of this year that we can spend them around Thy Word. And we pray that even Thou wouldst exhort us, help us, uh, bring Thy Word to our souls tonight and send us away at the closing minutes of this year with a message from the Lord. Bless and help us tonight for Jesus' sake. Amen. Well, you'll see what my text is. Verse 11 there, thou crownest the year with thy goodness, and thy paths drop fatness. What a powerful verse that is as we uh, come to the end of an old year and we enter into a new year. Uh, it's always good to begin well. And uh, the old saying is, a good beginning is uh, half the battle won. And by, by beginning the day with the Lord, uh, when we come in the quiet time as we seek the face of God, it always sets the day off right. Or when we come at the start of the week, as we come to worship God and draw around his word, again it starts off the week right. And now as we come to the start of the year, we recognize that we need to place it all in the hands of God. And we think of the uh, text of Scripture here. He speaks of the year and God's crown upon the year. And as we look back across the year, there are many testimonies. Maybe there have been severe challenges during the year, maybe health issues, uh, maybe many other difficulties, and maybe there are blessings that you can think of and maybe... Uh, there have been additions in the family or whatever it may be. And the psalmist knows all about the ups and downs of life. The psalms before this, um, or the ones after it, uh, we think of Psalm 65, 66, uh, up to 68. They all include praise to God. But then you think of Psalm 69, and he says, Save me, O God. For the waters are come upon my soul. So while there is the times of blessing, there is also the times of difficulty. There's the ups 
and downs of life. Paul said uh, to the Philippians in Philippians 4, verses 11 to 13, Not that I speak in respect of want, for I've learned in whatsoever state I am therewith to be content. I know both how to be abased and I know how to abound. And sometimes there's the downs, but also there is the ups. But we look forward into the new year and we're looking for God's favor and for God's blessing. And here he speaks about the crowning of the year. This is often called a national psalm, and it was particularly for a day when they'd just gone through a dry season, when they'd gone through a time of great difficulty. And really, this is what the psalm was all about. They'd gone through the dry period, through the time of great difficulty, and now this is a harvest psalm, and they're looking for the bringing in of the sheaves. And now we look forward to God stepping in. There has been a dry period, a relatively barren period, but how we look to the Lord to come and bless. So just for a few minutes at the end of our meeting, I want us just to think of three thoughts about God's favor here for the new year that we can draw from this text of Scripture. And first of all, you can see there the crown of a new year. He says, Thou crownest the year with thy goodness, and thy paths drop fatness. The crown of the new year is the crown of God's favor, or the crown of God's goodness. And the Lord comes to start the new year. They're now entering into the harvest period, and there is going to be blessing, and there is going to be goodness. But look at the conferring of the crown. Where does the crown come from? Well, he says here, Thou crownest the year with thy goodness. And he's speaking about himself. So God is the one from whom all blessings flow. He is the one who is going to give us these blessings. We can't uh, work it up. We can't uh, in any way manufacture these blessings. Uh, We cannot bring honor upon ourselves. But the honor and the blessings and the goodness come from uh, the Lord. As it says in God's word, not unto us, uh, not unto us, O Lord, but to your great name uh, be power and honor and wisdom. And we thank God tonight that we can look to a God who gives his goodness. He crowns the year with his goodness, and every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and cometh down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. So it's good at the start of the year to come into God's house and to meet with him, because that is where the blessings that we need are to come from. So we see the conferring of the crown. It comes from above. But then look at the character of the crown. Here he is speaking about crown of the year with his goodness and his blessing. And I want you to think about this blessing, this crown that comes. It is a perpetual blessing because the crown there is a circular thing. And you can't break the circle. The circle 
goes on and on. And we think of how the blessings of the Lord uh, are manifested in every season, in the dark days as well as in the light days. We think of how he is the same from the beginning of the year unto the end of the year. Circumstances for us may change, but the Lord never changes, and he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. We think of how the children of Israel came into the promised land. And in Deuteronomy 11, verse 12, it says that it was a land which the Lord thy God careth for. The eyes of the Lord thy God are always upon it from the beginning of the year even unto the end of the year. And we want God's blessings from beginning to end. We think of these as perpetual blessings. But also they are prized blessing. The crown speaks of honor. The crown speaks of uh, a mark of authority. And all of these things are bound up in the crown. The sporting events of biblical days, those that would win the race were given the crown, the crown of laurels or a crown of uh, some other plant. But it was the symbol of honor again. It was something to be prized and we think of what it says in 1 Samuel 2 and 30. He says, them that honor me, I will honor. And you know, if we want the honor that is going to last, not an, an honor that's going to, we think of the New Year's honors, but my, we want a, a, an honor that is given to us from heaven itself. You know, you think of the crowns that there are in the Bible. We think of how it speaks in 2 Timothy 4 and 8 about a crown of righteousness. Or in James 1 and 12, we read about the crown of life. And we think of how First Corinthians, or uh, James 1 and 12, it speaks of the crown of life. Isaiah 61 and 3, the crown of beauty. Or we have First Corinthians 9 and 25, an eternal crown. And we have a crown of righteousness. And we have a crown of beauty. And we have a, an eternal crown that's never going to be taken away from us. And we think of how Psalm 65 reminds us the fact that God has made his people a royal priesthood. And we are a nation of kings. We are kings and priests unto God. He has given us a, a crown. But then you think about the copiousness of the crown. Because the crown... Speaking of crowning the year here, speaks of abundance. It speaks of something that is going to overflow. It is a magnanimous blessing. And the word goodness, actually, there in the text is a word that can be translated bounty. This is bounteous. And we think of the bountiful harvest that was to come. And my, how do we look to the Lord this year. We look for God's bounty. He gives press down, shaken together, full and running over. So there you have the crown of a new year. But then I want you to see the crop of a new year. He crowns the year with, uh, he says, thy goodness. And then he says, thy paths drop fatness. And you notice the crop of God's goodness here. As we say, the word that is translated uh, goodness means bountifulness. 
It also means graciousness and joy. Don't we want a crop of joy? Don't we want this to be a glad year? We are facing into an economic crisis, we're told. We are facing into a a time when it's going to be difficult. And there are not many causes to rejoice. When you look at the, the news, when you think of war going on in the Ukraine, and all of these things are taking place, and many people are down and depressed. But my, as we come to God, he wants to give us a crop of his goodness, a crop of praise. Look at verses 1 to 4. Praise waiteth for thee, O God in Zion, and unto thee shall the vow be performed. O thou that hearest prayer, unto thee shall all flesh come. Iniquities prevail against me, as for my transgressions, thou shalt purge them away. And one of the greatest blessings of this year, as in any year, is to be able to praise and worship God, to be able to draw into his presence. This was a harvest festival here uh, that we are speaking about, the uh, context of the psalm. And they are drawing into the city, praise waiteth for thee, O God, in Zion, into the temple, into the place where God was worshipped. And all that we might be faithful in the place of worship this year, praise waiteth for thee, O God, in uh, Zion. We are God's priests. We are his, uh, his uh, people that praise him. And we come with joy to the God of heaven. And it speaks there of a vow uh, being performed. And the vow here is that thankful response to God's kindnesses and God's mercies. And surely when we think of what God has done for us, we should praise him. We should enter into his presence with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. We come uh, with the desire to praise him. We come, too, because our prayers are answered. Look at verse 2. O thou that hearest prayer. We do thank God for the many prayers that have been answered this year. We think of some of our sick folks. Even over the past little while, we've been praying for them. And the Lord has been answering prayer for each one of them. And we do thank God for the fact that we come to a God who hears and answers prayer. And the God who has answered prayer in the past is going to answer prayer in time to come. There may be prayers that we have not seen answered yet. There may be prayers that we have offered to God of a long time. And we know that the Lord is the one who knows the end from the beginning, and he knows the right time to answer the prayer. But he is the God who hears and answers prayer. And you'll notice that he'd provided for these people. If you look at verse 13, it says, The pastures are clothed with flocks. The valleys also are covered over with corn. They shout for joy. They also sing. So there had been prayers uh, answered in abundance. And we come, we thank God for even the food that has been given. And that's why... We thank God even at the meal times. But we remember that God answers prayer. He is the God who is there to be with us, and we can come to him in every hour of need. 
is that we see the crop of answered prayer. Look at also the crop of pardon. Look at verse 3. Inequities are prevail against me. As for my transgressions, thou shalt purge them away. We come to a merciful God, a God of pardon, a God of mercy, a God who is long-suffering, even with us. And if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And then the crop of predestination. Blessed is the man, verse 4, whom thou choosest. And we don't boast in God's choice because it is of his mercy. But what a wonderful thing as we think that God has chosen us. And then we come with the uh, crop of God's goodness to his answered prayer. He has saved us by his grace. He has pardoned us. But look also at the crop not only of God's goodness, but the crop of gratification. Look at the second half of our text. He says, Thy pass drop fatness. In the Old Testament times, to be fat was a sign of personal uh, success and satisfaction and gratification. Uh, those who didn't get enough to eat were not the symbol of abundance. And so to be fat in those days was uh, to be prosperous. We think of how when the children of Israel entered into the promised land, they were to go and find out whether the land was fat or lean. And of course, they came back with the evidence of the fatness of the land, and they carried the, uh, the uh, cluster of, uh, uh, of grapes uh, on, the, on their shoulders. It was so big. Uh, we think of it as a land of milk and honey. And we think of the goodness here. And it says that the land will drop fatness. And the, the uh, thought there is that the cart is so overflowing that it begins to drop off. It's just um, falling off. It's uh, overflowing blessings. And we think of Ezekiel. He's a similar thought in Ezekiel 34 and 26. He says, and I will make them and the places round about my hill a blessing, and I will cause the shower to come down in a season. There shall be showers, plural, of blessing. And we want to see crops reaped in the incoming days. But there's one more thought, and I'll, I'll draw this to a close so that we can see in the new year together. But I want you to see the challenge of the new year. Because he says here, thy paths drop fatness. And the word for paths there, when you look in the original, actually has the thought of a cart track. It was, um, the literal rendering would be thy cart tracks or thy wagon tracks uh, drop fatness. And the commentator Kittner suggests that there's the figure of the farm cart so laden with the abundance of the harvest as it goes over the rocky ground, as it travels uh, the cart track where there's roughness and where it would be shaken, it begins to shake some of the crop off. So in many ways, we're talking about a difficult path here. It's not a smooth path. It's not a concreted path. It is a cart that's going to have bumps and it's going to have dips in it along the way. 
And so we recognize that this year may be, uh, there'll be hardnesses. Is there, is every year, there are going to be difficult times. But what it's saying here is, even along the hard tracks, God's goodness overflows to us. It overflows with abundance. The, uh, the paths drop fatness, and the fatness will drop even on the hard pathways. In the most difficult moments, in the seasons of difficulty, in the stony ground, even there, the Lord will come and will give us blessings. When there is a dry season, and remember the psalm is really set in a time when there had been a dry season, when there hadn't been much abundance. He was saying even in the dry seasons, the Lord comes and blesses. And we think of how in the difficult years, we think of how the prophet said that he would restore unto us the years that the locusts have eaten. And surely as we come into the new year, we want the lost years to be restored. We want to see the abundance of God poured out upon us. You think of what it says in Isaiah 54 and 1, where this, the prophet says, Sing, O barren, and thou that didst not bear, bring forth into singing. And so here is the, those that were barren, but now he says, bring forth unto singing, bring forth unto joy. You know, you think of the Fanny Crosby, the uh, prolific hymn writer, and you know that she had lost her sight when she was uh, an infant. So it was a medical mishap, and she wasn't able to see from her uh, infancy. But that didn't kill her joy or remove the blessing. You know, in many of her hymns, she writes about seeing you know, you think of the maybe one of her most famous and blessed assurance, and we find the lyrics, visions of rapture now burst on my sight, watching and waiting, looking above. And she found that even in the hard path, she could look up and that she could see her Savior. And as we prepare our hearts, to enter into the new year, we do look to God for his blessings. There was uh, something written in a church bulletin in a church in Fiji, and it said, and I quote, to achieve spiritual success, do not forget to give God the first hour of the day, the first day of the week, the first part of every paycheck, the first consideration in every decision, and the first place in your heart. And that's, it says, the way, a great way to start to live through the year ahead. Make the Lord first. And may we give of his blessing upon us, and may we meet him uh, as we enter into this incoming year. Fifteen seconds to go, so we'll uh, count down from ten, nine, eight, seven, six, five, four, three, 
two, one. Happy New Year to you all. Let's just bow in a wee word of prayer. Our loving God and our gracious Father in heaven, we do thank thee that we can enter into the presence of God in the first moments of this new year. We thank thee for thy mercies in bringing us to this time. And Lord, as we sung in the hymn, we pray that it might be another year with thee, another year of blessing, another year of praise. And we pray that it might be a year at God's right hand. Crown the year with thy goodness and with thy mercy. For Jesus' sake, amen. You can wish everybody a happy new year.